What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. My name is Connor. I'm one of the pastors here at Whitewater, and I am honored to hang out with you today. We've been in a series on prayer, and some of you have been praying all of your life. Praise God. And some of you have never prayed in your life before. Praise God. What we want you to know in this series is that prayer can change your life wherever you are in your faith journey. And I want to say up front, if you would mark it on your calendars, next Sunday, September 12th, we have a prayer experience, y'all, and you do not want to miss the prayer experience. It's, it's family friendly. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be really impactful. Uh, more details are on our website. So go check that out. Jesus' disciples or his followers asked him how they should pray. And Jesus responded and gave them a model for how to pray. And he gave us a model for how we should pray. Some refer to this as the Lord's Prayer, and I would love if we all say the Lord's Prayer together as a family, wherever you are watching from online, uh, maybe you are watching this on Spotify or YouTube a couple months later, praise God, join us in uh, from wherever you are watching from. Some of you may know different translations, I would love to read and just say it together as a family from the NIV version straight out of Matthew chapter 6. It will be on the screen. Y'all ready? All right, let's do this. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the first week of the series, we talked about God is our Father and how He is a good, good Father who loves us and He wants us to come home always and period, no matter what we've done. And then we talked about how uh, hallowed be your name, which means, God, we praise you. We lift your name on high. Because God is awesome and powerful and holy and majestic. And because of that, we can pray things like your kingdom come and your will be done, which basically what we're saying is, God, your way, not mine. Whatever you want to do, I surrender to you. Let's do it. And last week, one of our pastors, John, talked about God as our provider. And my goodness, I needed to hear that last week. Jesus told us to pray, give us today our daily bread. And as Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he then shifts gears a bit. And he tells us to pray, forgive us our sins or our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors or those who have sinned against us. When I was in middle school, my family lived in a neighborhood, and we had neighbors on either side of our house. And one of our neighbors, um, he loved his grass, okay? Like, he loved his green grass. This was his spiritual gift, okay? Like, this was his purpose in life, was his green grass. Um, anybody like that in here? Like, you love your green grass? Okay, um, come see me after service. I need your help, and you probably need some of my help. Anyways, um, so, we, uh, so I would, it would not surprise me if I would walk outside and he would have a pair of scissors just cutting individual blades of grass. It was awesome. 
And so one summer he decided to go on a, about a week-long vacation with his wife. And uh, so, th- so they went away and as you can imagine, their grass got a little, little taller, right? And so my sweet little southern mama, um, she loved to mow our grass. And so one day she was mowing our grass and she saw that their grass was getting a little longer. So she's like, hey, I'll, I'll help them out, right? So uh, she went over and she's a beast, y'all. She mowed our grass and then she mowed our neighbor's grass. Didn't really think anything of it. Well, a few days later, she didn't take into account that this one was one of Louisville's hottest summers in record history, okay? It was hot that summer. And so the grass started to change color. (laughs) And this wasn't a greener grass, right? Like it didn't get greener and greener. It got more yellow and more brown. And sooner or later, all the grass, man, every single blade was dead. And so my mom, for a few days, waited until our neighbors got back home while she was going to apologize for her hurtful generosity. (laughs) So finally, our neighbors get home. And while they got home, we were on uh, 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 just away as a family eating dinner together. And I'll never forget, when we were driving home, we pulled out onto our street, and there he is, our neighbor. (laughs) He's like, oh, I just just so upset right now. I just want to kick a puppy. You know, it was just like, he was so just entrenched in his emotions. And I'll never forget, we pulled awkwardly into our driveway, and their driveway was right next to ours. And my mom gets out of the car, and she's doing this, this walk of shame to apologize, right? Well, my dad and the rest of the family, including me, are still in the car. And my dad had the audacity to roll down the windows and turn on uh, the stereo system and crank up the the song Apologize by Timbaland. Y'all know this song? So as my mom is doing this walk of shame, she hears in the background, it's too late to apologize. It's too late. Of all the things that Jesus would have included in his Lord's Prayer, why would he talk about forgiveness? Why would Jesus feel that forgiveness is so important? Well, because he knew that we would desperately need forgiveness. And Jesus knew that if you and I forgive people, then our lives would be much better. Maybe you've recently been asking the question, can, can I really be forgiven? I mean, do you know what I've done? Or on the flip side of that, maybe you've asked, do I, me, do I really need to be forgiven? I, I mean, I'm basically a good person. Or, or how could I forgive the person who has hurt me? Why should I forgive them? They don't deserve it. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus challenges us. <laughs> Very much so, to the nth degree, to pray, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And my hope for all of us is that as we have a conversation on prayer and forgiveness, that it encourages and inspires us to receive forgiveness and to give forgiveness. And so what does it mean 
to forgive. Well, to forgive means to release or to send out or to let go. And what Jesus is saying here is that we need to ask God to forgive us, to, to release our debts. The original word for debt that Jesus uses here, some translations say sin or transgression. It, it's all the same thing, um, same idea. Uh, but Jesus uses the word debt here, and it's only used twice in the whole Bible. There is another word for debt in the original language in Greek, and it's the word for debt, but it's a debt that we could pay off. So think of like a mortgage or a credit card or car payment or student loan. Well, you can pay off that kind of a debt. But the debt that Jesus uses here is different. It's the kind of debt that we couldn't possibly pay. It's a debt that even if we, we worked and worked and worked and, and made a ton of money for 10 lifetimes, we would never be able to repay this debt. And this is the kind of debt that Jesus uses for, for our debt, for your sin, for my sin, our, our, our stuff. And so I want to pause right here, and I don't want to assume anything, because when I assume, I, well, you know, and ask a question. Do you realize that you and I, that we're sinners? Like we're guilty and what we owe is more than we could ever repay. Don't believe me? Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 3. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I know I've thrown around words like debt and sin. You might be wondering, like, what does that even mean? What is sin? Well, sin is knowing right and choosing wrong or knowing wrong and doing it anyways. And we are all in this sin boat. We are all broken. The very world in which we see is tinted. Our whole perspective, y'all, is tainted because of sin. I run into people all the time, and they'll say things like, oh, Connor, I'm not perfect, but, like, I haven't, I haven't sinned. I mean, come on, like, sin. Why in the world would we ask for forgiveness if we don't feel like we need it? I mean, it's like not going to the doctor because you don't think you're sick, right? But let me put it to you this way. There is a very real worldwide disease that's spread rapidly and is way worse than COVID. It's called sin. And we are all infected. And there are people who genuinely believe that the cure for this disease of sin is to be a good enough person. Y'all, there's a word for that. It's called moralism. And it's not of God and it's nowhere found in the Bible. Do you realize that sin is way more and way deeper than doing bad stuff? Sin is turning from God. Some of y'all are like, dang, Connor, happy Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Bearer of bad news today, man. But yes, you see, if you don't understand the reality of your bad news, then you will never be able to understand the goodness of God's goodness. Here's the good news. Here's the gospel. We need help. And Jesus paid it all. If you could hear one thing that I say, just hear that. We need help. And Jesus paid it all.
There was a man in the Bible, his name was Paul, and he was writing, he was thinking and processing the good news or the gospel. In Ephesians chapter 2, he's he's writing and processing about it, and, and, and here's what he says. He says, but God, man, talk about a big but. I, I, I love this big, beautiful but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Do you realize that without Jesus, the Bible considers us to be spiritually dead? And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Have you ever experienced the immeasurable riches of God's grace and kindness towards us? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And check this out. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So when we pray, we ask God to forgive us of our sins. And I know a lot of the stories of, of you sitting here or watching online. I mean, I know that some of the stories are so complex and so crippling. And maybe you've said something like, what I've done is unforgivable, and I'm not worthy of grace. Or, or, or maybe you've said, I'll never be able to forgive myself. Please hear me. Oh, please, I beg you, please hear me. Our debt, our sin is bigger than we could ever repay, but our God is bigger. Our God, our God's grace is always bigger than our disgrace, is greater than our disgrace, and how dare we think that we could do anything good or bad, that could overpower our God. No way, that's crazy. So can God forgive you? Yes, he can. Do you and I need forgiveness? Yes, we do. So it's worth clarifying here that whenever we accept Jesus into our hearts and say yes to him, we are forgiven, period, done. But then Jesus says whenever we pray, we should ask for forgiveness. And like we pray regularly, right? So like, what does that mean? I'm already forgiven, but asking for forgiveness. Well, think of it this way. I love my son, but y'all, he's a little toddler stinker. I mean, like he throws stuff and throws the fits and whatever. I mean, parents in the room, can I get an amen? amen. You know? <laughs> but I... I've already forgiven him. There's nothing he could do to make me love him any more or any less. And there's something beautiful that happens when I pull him to the side and I say, son, you, you hurt Dada, but I love you and I forgive you. Can you give me a hug? And so he gives like this awkward like shoulder side hug. It's, it's awesome. It's really cute. That's how he says sorry. <laughs> There's a beautiful health in asking for forgiveness in a relationship. And for those of us who are in a relationship with God, 
we should ask for forgiveness as well. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on in his model prayer, and he tells us to pray, forgive our debtors. Question, what do we do when someone hurts us? What do we do? What do we do when someone causes us pain? Growing up, I I played a lot of golf, and I had the opportunity and the privilege to play varsity golf at a very young age. There's a humble brag there, I know. Um, And major credit is due to whom I would call coach. And y'all, coach was awesome. Coach was a godly man. Like I remember um, we would be in a golf practice and he would stop practice completely and he'd be like, all right, come on y'all, come come over here. And he would pray with us. He would read scripture. I remember he'd pull somebody off to the side, one of our teammates who was struggling and he'd have a gentle and loving conversation with them. I I remember coach, he would take these index cards and he he would write on the index card. And before a major golf tournament, he he would slip them in to each individual's golf bag. And so when we're playing in this major tournament, we find the index card in the golf bag and every single time it'd say something like, I believe in you and I'm praying for you. Well, I didn't hear from Coach for a little while until I got a call from a friend of mine. This was after I graduated high school. I came up here to Cincinnati to go to college and I got a call from one of my old teammates and I answered the phone and he said, hey, have you, have you heard the news about Coach? And I was like, no, man, what, what, what's going on with Coach? And he said, well, Coach just, just up and left his family. No, no notice. And what they found, what they're discovering as they try to, try to figure out why was awful. It was devastating. So as they went through his devices, what they discovered was a significant log of pornography that had been going on for some time. Such a complex and difficult situation for all that that was involved. And as you can imagine, for me, when I heard the news from my teammate, I was like, no way, like I am, I'm confused, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, like this is coach. This is somebody who I inspired to be, aspired to be whenever I grow up. Like when I grow up, I wanna be like coach. But that illusion was shattered. Years later, I tried to call him multiple times and he never picked up the phone. Years later, I get a call from my dad, and my dad said, son, I've got some bad news. They finally found Coach in an apartment, and he's dead. What do we do when someone hurts us? How in the world are we supposed to move forward, and what does that even look like? Do we get out the big old baseball bat and do what needs to be done? Do we post a nasty comment on social media? Do we play the dreaded ignoring game? Do we just forgive and forget and kind of sweep it under the rug? Jesus was teaching his disciples one time. He was trying to help them understand this concept of forgiveness. 
And in Matthew 18, I, I, I love it, he's having a conversation or a dialogue with Peter. And, and if you've ever read the Bible before, you probably know that Peter is kind of the loudmouth of the group. Like he say, says things and he just gets in trouble a lot. So this is Peter. He's going to get in trouble here. And he says, this is Peter. He came up to Jesus and he said to him, Lord, how, why does Peter have a low voice? I, I don't even, let's just roll with it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? In the old, uh, back in the day, there was something called the old rabbinic. Th this was a code or a collection of rules. And it said that if somebody forgived you three times, then you should forgive them. But if they wronged you a fourth time, nope, you do not have to forgive them. And so Peter's like, okay, I, I'm going to impress Jesus here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to multiply it by two and add one and seven. I nailed it. And Jesus responds in verse 22, and he says, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And Peter's like, dang it. <laughs> and Jesus goes into a story to illustrate this point about forgiveness. And he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents and since he could not repay, his, his master ordered him to be sold, his wife and children and all he had in payment to be made. And then see this servant, he owed 10,000 talents. And the best way to think about this is in terms of time. And in terms of time, 10,000 talents was about 200,000 years worth of labor. That's massive. That's huge, right? Like he could never, ever repay that. Kind of like our debt to God. And Jesus goes on in verse 26, and he says, so the, so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have, have mercy on me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. And can you imagine Peter and the disciples are like, what? Are you serious? The king? For, just, just for like that. Just like that. Forgave this huge, massive debt? But then look what happens. But then the same servant, the one who was forgiven, went out and went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have mercy, have patience with me, and I will pay you. So two servants, servant number one owed about 200,000 years worth of labor, this astronomical amount that he could never repay. And servant number two owed about 100 denarii, which was about the equivalent of three months' worth of labor. And look what happens. The first servant, he refused and went and put the second servant, him, into prison until he should pay the debt. And the disciples and Peter are like, what? Are you serious? Like, the first servant was just forgiven of so much, and he doesn't forgive. What's going on? And in verse 31, Jesus concludes the story and says, When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And then his servant summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. 
And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So here's how Jesus concludes this story on forgiveness. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Here's the point of Jesus' story. Our debt is too big that we could never repay it on our own, but Jesus stepped in on our behalf and he paid it for us. Jesus has forgiven us and now we can forgive others. And to think that we wouldn't forgive other people is, is hypocritical and insulting to God. It misses the whole point of the gospel. I mean, he who has been forgiven much loves much. Being forgiven by God is the cause, and one of the effects of that is that we forgive people. As a matter of fact, when Jesus finished teaching his disciples and teaching us how to pray, here's what Jesus said. Look look at what he said. He said, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. What do we do whenever someone hurts us? We do two things. Number one, We pray for them. We pray for them. Even if it starts out small, like, God, help them breathe today. I I don't know. I mean, like, God, thanks for this person. Like, like help them. You don't even have to say their name. Just help this person today. But the more that you pray for them, the chances of that person changing, don't know. But I can guarantee you that what will change is you. In your heart. And the more that you pray for this person or persons that wronged you, I would bet you that your prayers would look more like, God, thank you so much for this person. God, thank you that I have the ability and the privilege to forgive them because you have forgiven me of so much. God, help them to know that they are valued and loved by you. So pray for them. And secondly, Forgive them. Forgive them. Listen, and, and please hear me. I'm not trying to minimize the, some of the things that you guys have been through. I know a lot of your stories. My goodness. Holy cow. I know some of the things that you guys are going through right now. But please, as your pastor, just allow me to speak in right now and just say that Some of you have been holding on to bitterness and anger and resentment for years. And I know that it hurts, but forgive them. Some of you served overseas, served in Afghanistan, and hearing the news, it's, it's overwhelming, it's heartbreaking, it's depressing. Some of you, your spouse just recently walked out 
Like without any, any advance, like, and you're just like, what, what do I have to, what do, what do I do with my life right now? Uh, some of you were abused by a family member and you can't stand to look at them. Some of you were taken advantage of by a coworker or a friend and you boil in anger. Forgive them. The extent to which you give forgiveness is the extent to which you have received forgiveness. Maybe you're like me, kind of laid back, like you don't generally hold grudges. But I'm telling y'all, holy cow, when I ask God, like, do I have any anger or bitterness in my heart? I had no idea some of the things that started to bubble up. So I dare you to ask God, who is it that you need to forgive? Think about the one person this week that you need to forgive. And another thing that happened to me that I totally didn't expect is that whenever I started asking God, and and by the way, y'all, I'm going through this forgiveness thing too, and asking God, what does this mean for Connor Doyle in 2021? And God put two people on my heart. One person I needed to call, and I forgave them. And one person I needed to call, and I needed to ask for forgiveness because I had hurt them. Maybe you need to make a call and ask for forgiveness or forgive somebody this week. Before we end our conversation on forgiveness, I want all of us to say a prayer together out loud as a family. And the words will be on the screen and, and maybe when you see these words, you're gonna think, nope, no way I can do that, Connor. I don't know if I can physically pray those words. I don't know if I even believe those words in my heart, even if I were to pray them. But here's what I would ask. I ask that you would pray the words in your heart and you would have a desperation asking God, saying, God, I I don't know about this forgiveness thing, but man, I need your help. And then we're going to worship and sing and pray together. and, And I want you to spend some time thinking about how much God loves you and God wants to forgive you and how you can forgive somebody else. And so here we go, y'all. For those of you who are able, would you stand to your feet? The words are going to be on the screen. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your grace. Help me to forgive those who have sinned against me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song called Make Room. And we're going to sing things, phrases like, 
your way is better and do whatever you want to do and this is my surrender. Maybe you've been holding on to bitterness and anger for years. Let this moment, don't let this song end without you just saying, okay, God, have your way. This is my surrender. You do your thing in my heart and I will obey you. I will follow you for the rest of my days. And as we sing these songs, these, these phrases, let these words bleed into your heart as you think about and as you pray about forgiveness.